Hey guys, how you doing? Welcome back to Quarantine. Uh, this is episode two. Uh, obviously, today it's a scary day. It's a weird day. It's a confusing time. Um, but there's one person I know who's been doing a lot to bring a smile to people's faces with his hunker down show on Instagram. Um, it's one of the funniest things out there right now. Uh, he's really a true treasure to the L.A. comedy community. Uh, I love this guy. You will, too. Without further ado, let's get started uh, on episode two of Quarantine with Zach Mendez. All right. Well, how are we doing? Doing quite well, sir. Good My deepest apologies. Zach, Zach, Zach Mendez of uh, Hunker Down fame. Zach Mendez of the Hunker Down show. Uh, you know, we're all so wait, So I, I have I have a question about Hunker Down. Yeah. Um. So, you know, right now there's uh, both the coronavirus pandemic and the uh, open mic comic starting podcast pandemic, which has infected both of us. Um, Hunker Down, though, is Hunker Down an actual podcast or is it just little clips on it on uh, Insta stories? You're doing well, if it's a real podcast, you're doing you're doing a good job of promoting it, but a bad job of conveying that this is a thing you could listen to extended and also where we could listen. Because I, I mean, I, I really enjoy all the Instagram stories, but uh, I also think it might be insane to listen to someone just say hunker down for 45 straight minutes. Or is it like a constant live streaming thing? Like a perpetual live stream of your own personal shining, where instead of all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, it's just hunkering down in the hunker house, having a <laughs> hunker in time. If you keep what, saying the word hunker over and over and over again, it actually loses its meaning in a very bizarre way. Hunker, 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 hunker. It's a really fun word because it's got do the you say, Do you say when, when, uh, when, when it's mealtime, do you say I'm hunkery? I'm hungry. See, like I will today. I just opened up my show with "I'm hungry like the wolf." You know, hungry. I'm hungry like the wolf. It's fun just to consistently think of different ways to plug that into songs, um, and it's a way to make the days go by quicker. So, to I answer almost, your question though, yeah. it is um, it is uh, being looked at by Viacom, uh, being picked up for a simulcast, um, and I can say that because. No one's at any office to then send out a memo that's saying they're not. You know what I mean? So Viacom's interested. <laughs> a, bunch of, a bunch of bigger companies are interested. I would not <laughs> podcast. I, I just downloaded Yosemite after 10 years of my computer asking me to. I don't know how to start a podcast. So uh, no, uh, yeah. Yosemite, <laughs> Yosemite, interestingly, caused me a bunch of problems uh, in getting this going because I was originally trying to run this through GarageBand. And I needed to get this Soundflower program to do that, which eventually I got. But it was like such a nightmare. Uh, but um, so so systems names. So part of the thing about this podcast is that, like, you know, I, I wake up when I wake up because there's no rules anymore. The world is in chaos. You made your bed pretty well. Well, yeah, only because of the podcast. Smart. If the podcast, smart, like if the podcast was not both episodes of the podcast so far, the bed's been made in the background. It looks like my floor floor is clean behind me, but if like I turn the camera at all this way, I, I can't even like get to my door. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, and like underneath the covers, 
is just a bunch of rumpled up sheets. So it's just like yeah. one cover over over the top, you know. Um, but part of the whole thing is like catching people like in their natural state. So I'm wondering because you needed you needed you needed 30, but you gave me 15 from when I was in my in my peak. I was in peak coffee brain uh was it to put yourself together like this was it to put yourself together is this because zach has a brand and he can't uh he couldn't look less together listen i was uh you know i was in i was in uh medical uh, get medical gear that i stole from my brother because i'm interviewing my brother today um and i when i when i interview my brother i want to make sure that i put myself on the same level as him because it's psychologically for me it's very difficult to talk to my brother Okay, he is the source of a lot of my insecurity. So I, uh, I feel like there's a lot of people. It's psychologically difficult for you to talk to. I feel like you're. <laughs> Did you have I, psychological difficulties talking to me for a period I, so, of time? Well, because you represented for a time. You represented um, the the jaded comic who was absolutely impenetrable. Like my charm could not impenetrate, could not <laughs> you in any way, shape or form. I would go up there, I would do vaudevillian bits, nothing. You don't like the silliness. I would go up there and I would try to be very verbose and specific and explanatory. And you're like, I don't care about your stupid specifics. I don't care that it was a Ford Seneca that hit you. You know, none of that would work. And so, yeah, I do have conversations with people in my mind because I have this theory that we actually have relationships with people more in our minds than we do in person. I've thought about my brother more than I've actually been. I think it's with true. I, I I have this theory. Um, you know, back in back in the old days, back in the old days, like you know, a week ago, when I'd uh, walk around Los Angeles and I'd see like homeless people on the street that were like mid argument with nobody. Like you yeah. know, they'd just be like, no. No, you, no, you did this. You like, they'll be like, you know, you know what I'm talking about? They're yeah. like, like the house is mine. It's mine. You <laughs> fucking cunt. <laughs> they like, like you just see them going crazy. I've always assumed that whatever that argument is, whatever like thing they're saying, that was like the breaking point. Like whatever that was, was a real thing that happened that like is, has caused their current misfortune and they're trying to relive it. Like if they could only like rehab it and make it go a different way, it could change this right it, now. Because like oftentimes I'll be like in an argument with somebody and I'm, and obviously you explain that you do this too, where you're just, uh, where you're playing it out in your head, you know, you know, like something that you can't like you know you have a breakup i think there's a lot with breakups too where like you just like it's over you're never gonna have a conversation again but you keep like having this conversation that's never gonna happen in your own head like that you wished you could have had at the time you know but it was an improv game not a sketch uh, <laughs> i think that's what happened. the homeless people who are having that argument it's akin to patrick swayze's unfinished business and ghost Right, if they can't move past it until they get past that moment, I will end arguments out loud that I'm having in my head, and my girlfriend has to check in about whether that comment was to her or whether it was to the person I, I was arguing. I gotta, with I gotta person. pause you for a second. I heard two coughs off off camera in your house. Have you been exposed? Were you just now? Are, am I catching the moment of exposure? It, 
the amount of coughs that I have during everything that I'm recording because my hunker homies are so inconsiderate to what I'm trying, the empire that I'm building right now, it's ridiculous. I have Raj right. here who is, is he just smoking pot. Is he just smoking pot off camera? Yeah. Is that what's happening? I'm going to be honest. It was a vape cough. It was not generated by any internal. But a vape cough, okay. Okay. That's what it, it sounded like a vape cough and not a yeah. pandemic cough. And, you know, oh. the, what I can, what I'm concerned about is that my hunker homies, the people with whom I'm hunkering, are not taking, they're not rationing themselves. You see this, Josh? This is my daily allotted one kombucha. Okay, is it kombu one kombucha? All right, I'm not going over that. But some of these guys, I mean, a whole, a whole Vivian last night had a whole sleeve of Thin Mints. We have one box. You already had half of it. Okay, like what's to be done after that? Are so. Thin Mints attainable right now? Was that the last box of yeah? No, there's no Girl Scouts out there, even though they're the ones immune. Um, well, they're not immune. I guess they could catch it. It just won't affect them that badly. But you know, I don't think we know enough. I don't think we know how bad this shit is going to affect people. I wonder. I wonder about the bad look of this podcast in a week, where I'm like, it's oh, it's going to be a terrible look. I mean, I mean, I take it very, I take it very seriously. If this was a movie, we'd be at the portion of Jaws in which we still haven't seen the shark really come up on the beach yet. We've just heard stories. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. but I'm, I'm, I'm the comedian not going in the water, but also joking about the shark and the people that are going in the water. You are. I'm, You've been uh, tight five <laughs> on the sand. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm back in like I'm back in a little beach hut being like. Don't go in the water. <laughs> I, think it's okay I don't. I didn't have a. I you know people tell me I'm a joke writer. I didn't have a pre-prepared shark joke <laughs> for that, that riff cool. right there. Don't go in the water. That's a catchy punchline. We're here at Jawscast uh, 2020. People are dying, uh, but the young people they're like, this is my spring break. I'm going in the water. Shark or no shark, I ain't afraid of no shark. <laughs> Yeah, we can make fun of those people who are who are flouting the fear. Like if you saw the video of the people in Miami Beach who are who are complaining about everything is shut down. I think those fire festy type individuals, like th there's a, there's a, there's a Venn diagram, okay? It's anyways, this is who, America's fire fest. Yeah, this is America's fire fest, and there's a Venn diagram of people who went to fire fest, and there's also people who don't care or not afraid of the virus, and it's a very strong population of people. Who <laughs> Man, in, in many ways, you know, I'm glad the mortality rate is lower for our age group. But, like, I wish, like, it knew who went to spring break. I wish, yeah. like, I wish it was, like, sentient enough for things like that, you know? Exactly. Well, it does, um, it, does, it does beautifully just kind of skip children as if to say, no, thank you, you're innocent. And it goes on to the people who've already sinned in this life. It's biblical in that sense, I guess. It is. It is. It it is. But it's also, you know, it's 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 it's. I feel like it's once you get past that age group, it starts to become non-discriminatory. I actually don't really. I don't want to give any science facts away. I don't know anything. No, you should. I I, 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 I know stay. I know stay inside. Listen, this is what the CDC says. They say stay inside, start a podcast, but a Skype podcast. Those were the CDC recommendations. I'm following them. To a T. Yeah, and the World Health Organization also suggested uh, that you call your podcast something punny with either quarantine, something funny with quarantine, hunker, hunker down. So yeah, we're really uh, right. lock and step. But, 
what the professional. You know, I was, I was, I was a little surprised. Quarantine available. Nobody, nobody had thought switch the N for the M. I'm going to be honest, Josh. I am prouder of nothing in my life than jumping on the name Hunker Down before it even slipped out of Fauci's mouth, okay? It had not spilled out of his Italian tongue before I had had at least two episodes up. Well, I know how much you like when I compliment you, Zach. I know how 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 deeply how deeply uh, how meaningful that is to you. So my yeah. original concept for this podcast was I was going to call it Shining with Josh Edelman because like I'm just in my house getting cabin fever like The Shining. Like um, the but I tried to record an episode and it was just going to be me alone, like in my thoughts. Couldn't even get through like one minute without like like it just being like, no. Uh, so then I started doing the Skype thing. But I've been watching you. You are actually like shining over there. I'm watching you go crazy. Shining, shining like I'm going crazy or shining as if I'm shining brilliantly, much like a star. No, no, no going crazy, but like successfully, <laughs> but successfully in, in an entertaining <laughs> podcast way. Um like I said earlier, you know, instead of all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy, you have uh, uh, hunker down, you <laughs> hunker down over and over again. If we were to look at a script, if we were to look at a script for an episode of Hunker Down, it would just literally be you just hunker down, hunker nation, hunker time, hunkering around, hungry like the wolf. Hunker like the wolf. I mean, I once was a spelunker, now I hunker. Uh, you know, the debunker hunker. I've looked up the, what rhymes with hunker, and it's not a lot. I'm running out. <laughs> <laughs> but you've kept it way. going for a remarkable amount of time. I mean, luckily today I found Hunker Hanukkah since it's the eighth day of the hunker. So that was really kind of that an oasis. A good one. That's a good one. You made, yeah. You've made it eight. And yours is daily. Uh, I think another, like, uh, yeah, but maybe you've, maybe you've pigeonholed yourself in this. And you committed too hard to the hunker element of the hunker down podcast. I just wonder about sustained viewership. Sustained viewership. You know, sustained you know what your you know what your listenership is. Sustained viewership. I hope somebody accidentally leaves their phone on on hunker hunker down. Just <laughs> one complete view. Sustained I'll be honest with you. I could barely make it through a fifteen second Insta story of it. I can barely I can barely get through. 15 seconds of one Insta story. You can barely get but, through 15 but to be seconds fair, of me telling you a tragedy in my life. <laughs> I can barely make it through 15 seconds of anything. 15 seconds into the quarantine, I was like, this isn't gonna... <laughs> okay. This is gonna be rough. <laughs> Literally, yesterday, my, my girlfriend says, I'm gonna go get coconut milk. I was like, what? Why? And she says, uh, because, I don't know, I'm bored. I said, that's not the point. That's exactly what we're guarding against is the fact that we can't just leave the house upon boredom. You know, you just have to sit in the boredom. Just to sit in it. Or peeling the kind of inconvenient layers of sanity that we have in our mind. You know, just slowly peeling them back. They're so inconvenient. Well, Unshackling well, yourself from objective reality. For me, for me, right? I... Um... For me, it was my birthday a couple of days ago. I turned 35. I entered into the higher risk. It, like, worst, worst time to turn 35. Like, I was low risk, and then overnight, higher risk. Higher risk like that. Um, but now you can rent a car. Huh? 
No, you can you could have always run it. You can run for president. Now you can run for president. Now I can run for president, and honestly, I should. I should. Um, <laughs> I actually said probably the thing that makes me the most qualified to run for president is that like I very much recognize that I shouldn't be the president. Exactly. That I've said it oftentimes. And that's what I want. And that's what I want. That's the platform I'm gonna run on. It's like it shouldn't be me, guys. Yeah. And and it's like it's like it's like negging. I'm like negging the whole country in my campaign. <laughs> don't vote for me. I don't want your vote. And they're like, ah, son of a bitch. You you can like something, something about him I like. Your catchphrase or whatever, I guess your slogan could be, I've seen who you've chosen. I don't want to be chosen by you. I'm I'm like, <laughs> I'm wearing like one of those mystery hats, one of those like crazy frilly mystery from the game hats. <laughs> I, can't, I can't I can't know what you're talking about because then everybody knows that I watched the aged one, the pickup artist with mystery. Or just, read, or just read the book that began the Me Too movement in America. <laughs> There's nothing about Me Too in the book. It's just like how, that book is basically how to violate Me Too. Uh, <laughs> Everybody just everybody who got me too is really bad. Look at now, you, look at you, Mendez. You're wearing a bandana. There's zero people that watched one second of anything you've done and question whether or not you read or watched the game. <laughs> I have. I. That's it took literally biggest. zero, less than one second to know. I can't stop accessorizing. I, that's all I've done is I just keep putting on accessories. Terminology. I'm looking up stethoscopes to order offline for no reason, just for no reason, just because I like accessories so much. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah. so what I was getting at is it was my birthday a few Sorry. days ago, and uh, my favorite pizza place in Los Angeles was still doing deliveries. And I was going to order a pizza from them, DeSano's. It's amazing. But I decided better to just cook a DiGiorno right now. So for my birthday, I ate a DiGiorno pizza to celebrate. And uh, really, what was it? At least a meat lovers pepperoni. Oh, that's tough. That is. I know. I know. Do you have? Do you eat it on a TV dinner table in front of a TV that had avenues? I did, and I watched that show. I talked about this last podcast, so I can't really get into it that much again. Watch that show, Hunters. Didn't like it. Uh, Moving on. (laughs) This this podcast is really shat on Hunters. I've also watched like five things I've loved. Talked about it zero. Watched (laughs) one thing I didn't like. Nonstop, just trying to destroy it. (laughs) We have a thousand things we can say about the things we hate. I mean... One of my favorite movies is also a movie that I hate a lot, Osmosis Jones. There's a lot I hate about Osmosis Jones, uh, but there's also a lot that I love. You know, it's I think also that- a very, it's also a very prescient film. Currently, Osmosis Jones, one of the most you you love, one of the most prescient films of our time. Wait a second, could you redo the trailer to Osmosis Jones and do a different voiceover and make it into a horror film? I mean, you, I mean, you could do anything. Will I do it? Probably not. I've I've I have lots of flights. You to do I have lots of I have lots of flights of fancy about doing things of that ilk. Other things I've thought about. I wanted to edit a fake trailer like uh, Trump. You know you know that movie um, uh, 
uh, Frost Nixon, that play slash movie Frost yeah, Nixon. Yeah. I wanted to edit a fake trailer for Trump Fallon. When like oh, Fallon did like yeah. the hair, did the yeah. hair brush thing but it's like but like treat it like it's the moment that can change a generation you've landed a one-on-one interview with trump and it's like can you bring him down and then it just cuts it and he just does the hair (laughs) (laughs) well i have a theory right now that in this climate fallon would be doing a lot better than because colbert has shot up in the ratings chart right recently during trump's presidency but i think loved him on comedy take him back over if there were still recording shows uh Loved Colbert on the Colbert Report. Honestly, find 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 a CBS Colbert as intolerable as Fallon. What? Love Stephen. Col- love why. Stephen Colbert. But find a late show just intolerable. Miss Letterman uh, was way better. Conan's my favorite. Haven't been watching Conan as much lately, but he's my favorite. Watch Seth Lawrence for a while. Seth Lawrence, Seth, 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 uh, Seth Lawrence, Seth, Seth Lawrence was the first guest on Hunker Down. The original, not not Hunker Down on uh, Quarantine. Oh my goodness! I'm all confused. I'm losing it. Want to be talking to Seth Lawrence, and you want to actually have my show Hunker Down? Those are two Freudian slips right there in a row. How was Seth Lawrence? Was he doing better than I'm doing right now? Well, you know, I don't really rate. Uh, the podcast by how my guest is doing as much as how I'm doing with the guest. <laughs> and uh, if I'm going to be completely, if like complete full transparency, I think I overall enjoyed myself better with Seth, but not that I don't think this is going well. I just, I, I just was, I was flying. I was flying, but, I, but he hit me at the perfect coffee point. I was fifty yeah, percent through my coffee. So, so we missed that cocaine high of my, co- of, of, uh, of my caffeine intake, um, wow. but I still think this is going great, and, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to 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 take you down. But you bring out an honesty in me, Mendez. You bring you bring I'm out an honesty. I was a little bit more. I'd say I was more overall irreverent with Seth. I get into more of a character. So this, yeah. I feel like I'm being more sincere because sure. you're being a character. You're you're more of a character. Oh, I, I see. And when not I... that I think I think you're sincere in your character, but I feel. <laughs> compelled to be somewhat I have a different energy with you I'm compelled to be somewhat more of a straight man I also have this thing you know this idea that um you know we have we have different we're different people with different people so it's like it's like you ever feel like like you had an ex you were in a relationship and then you've changed you're like years past it but then you run into the ex and suddenly for like a minute you just turn back into the person you were with them uh and then uh and then when they're gone away, you're like, that was weird. That's not who I am anymore. You just asked me a question about ex-girlfriends as my current girlfriend just walked in. And she walked in, heard the question, turned around, and immediately walked out. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, even, or even I'll simplify it more. It's like when I go home to see my parents, I just transform into a 16-year-old angsty teenager again. It's and, it's like, and it's like, this isn't who I am. Why am I a child when I'm here? Yeah, exactly. I came home drunk one night uh, when I was home in Richmond, Virginia, and my Spanish father made me at 2.45 in the morning sit down because I was drunk, and he then read the Wikipedia page to the Battle of Leningrad to me and discussed in great detail the pincer technique the Russian used to trap the Germans as a punishment for coming home late and drunk. And I just took it. As a 30-year-old man, I just sat there and took it. <laughs> well, our parents, our parents turn into our parents when they're with us, too, you know? 
Yeah, they're exactly. they're trapped in that mode with us. You develop like I think there's a point at which we develop who we are with people. That's why it's really hard to break first impressions. I think because you develop a immediate nature of your relationship. I you know this isn't science. This is just me pontificating. I don't know what I'm talking this about, but it seems right. Is that science, what you're saying right now? <laughs> but I think it's right. I think it's right. I have empirical evidence from one test subject to su support my case. Every time I hear the word empirical, I always think of uh, them giving numbers from this big empire building, this huge building. I don't think of, anyway, that's all right. I feel almost like when I talk to you sometimes, I put myself on the pedestal, I felt like you were putting me on earlier in knowing each other when we were doing stand-up. <laughs> I'm trapped. Yeah. I'm trapped yes. there. I'm yes. trapped there. No, because I'm very complimentary, and I've been very complimentary of you specifically. Um, I love but, it. I love it. There's no better way to endear yourself to me. Love. Most people don't like to give me compliments because I take them. Yeah, take well, here's them. the thing. <laughs> what comes through my head all the time are compliments are compliments just all the time and i gotta get them out of me if they stay in me it's unhealthy you know what I'm your room actually looks really well organized it thank, looks thank as again, again if you saw room. the other side of my room but yeah it is it is i have a great room <laughs> why i can't give it up that's why i can't give it up right now yeah you know? exactly. so i'm going through the hell of all everything i'm going through right now Ugh. also all the move again another thing i talked about with seth yesterday uh just all the all the moving seth, stuff that's seth, happening seth. at the moment he is so charming though seth isn't he seth's great seth seth's uh yeah it's 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 interesting like i feel like i feel like seth's a person who if i was to do just like a two-person podcast the same every time seth would not not that you're not that you're not great too i love it also you give me a different energy this is a great podcast i've just <laughs> <laughs> But like you know, it's funny the things you consider to be me bringing you down, man. Because, <laughs> because you're like you get up on stage you're like Edelman. Listen to what Edelman said. He said I was hot. Can you, <laughs> that? Can you believe how he bullies me? How he bullies me by telling me I'm I'm this hot guy. <laughs> That's because I have uh, my confidence is just a glass deer. It's just at any moment, its legs could break and crumble well, over. Also, you're complimentary because if you weren't complimentary, why would people like you? Like you are walking <laughs> through and you're like, look at look at this guy. I fucking hate him the second I see him. <laughs> Who's this fucking guy think he is looking like that? And then and then if you were a dick on top of it, it would be like, fuck that guy. You see, if I if I was good looking, not that I'm bad looking, but if I was like particularly good looking, I couldn't act the way I did. People would. You <laughs> <laughs> acting? What a nightmare! What a nightmare! <laughs> Unacceptable <laughs> behavior. Okay, good. Thank you for being a good mirror for myself. I don't didn't realize why I complimented people so much, but I realize now it's an evolutionary. Thing. Yeah, I, yeah. I have this other problem of like letting people know the thing they do that like I that like benefits me, but it makes them self-aware of it. And then they like try to stop it. You know, like like you ever have that friend who like lets people walk all over them. Then like you got to stop letting people walk all over you. And then they choose to start that process with you. And yeah. like, Don't, not with me. <laughs> 
No, I can do people. Yeah, no. Let me use your card now. In the future, put your foot down. Yeah. Gotta yeah. yeah. In, the future, in the future, with other people that ask, you tell them no. <laughs> I'm just realizing I let my friends walk all over me. Do you? No. <laughs> no, I feel like you stand your ground. Yeah, I must. That phrase is all muddied up. Uh, yeah, I have found. I have. You're very impulsive. Extremely, yeah, which is really difficult right now because I mean, not that the open mics are shut down, but are gambling. Well, they're not. They're not shut down. Some they of are. them are shut. Down. They they're shut down to the intelligent. Okay, they're open. They're open to the others though. Um, but gambling is completely shut down, and me and my roommate are just betting on when a banana becomes inedible. Now that's all we've been doing. I got three and a half days for this guy. <laughs> Three and a half days, I think this banana becomes inedible. He's got well, four. You know, at a certain point, at a certain point, once the banana becomes inedible, it. you can throw it into the freezer and uh, and then let it become a smoothie later. Oh yeah, we got some frozen bananas in there, but that's our gambling banana. Gambling banana. Um, I think it's interesting. A lot of people are getting upset at the people still doing mics. Uh, as as we as we know. I am upset at them too, but I also look at a lot of them and I'm like, that's some of the competition out there. Wouldn't be too bad if they weren't around anymore when this is all over. Right? A lot of people compete for the same spots I'm competing for. I'm like, yeah, keep, uh, keep going to those mics. No, I don't want to. I'm going to tell you something Rocky Balboa told me a long time ago. Yeah. The only competition you have in this life is the guy looking back at you in the mirror. The guy looking right. back at me in the Skype chat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not you. I just just to be clear, I've been staring at myself the whole time. How? <laughs> I was wondering. I said, if are they gonna know if I'm looking at myself or Josh? Um, how upsetting is it gonna be for you when you have to write for my show? That's gonna be so right. That's gonna be no, difficult. Dude, I, yeah, that's. I think. I think that's a, a mistake people make about me is that like I'll do anything for money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'll like, like, I remember there was like a young me that was like, um, that was like, when I am an older filmmaker, I will only make the works of art. You know, I don't care about anything. But now I'm like, 50 bucks, suck your dick. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love like when people who are like, um, I love when people who are like, uh, um, that still remain like like they keep their what's the what's the term I'm looking for like maintain their integrity or whatever that exactly. like work that like like a wait <laughs> like a, like like they're a waiter or something and they're like hey would you like to direct uh, and you ask them like hey if someone offered you to like direct the Barney movie would you do it and they're like fuck that I'm like yeah, yeah. just go back to your job that has nothing to do with the career you dream about. <laughs> breaking into that's so much that's so much better than uh getting paid way more money to work on something you're not excited about in your field that you could add some of your one of the great things is so so in a very serious recommendation if you're looking for something to watch right now during the um, pandemic um let me highly recommend martin scorsese's a personal journey through american cinema he also does one on italian cinema but it's a it's a three volume thing i think it's even all on youtube right now you might be able to watch it um but like super great stuff and like one of the things he talks about is how like you know a lot of times people are hired 
like you're hired to direct movies that like have nothing to do with your passions. And then you find the way to put your voice in it. You find the way to give it meaning to your personal life. Coppola didn't even want to direct the Godfather. And now it's like the greatest movie of all time. And he made it about family and he made it about all these things that are near and dear to him. So, um, so I yeah, I'll, 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 uh, indifferently directing the Godfather, just like, okay, different about it. Good job, very... <laughs> Good job, buddy. Okay. You want to do another take? Um, um, it was a war, but he viewed it as like a studio as like a studio film and not like one of his experimental art pieces. And little did he know that it would become the best movie he or almost anyone ever made. I think you're intelligent to know the difference, intelligent enough to know the difference between something that, uh, you know, uh, risks your integrity and something that doesn't. Because, I mean, I was sure. working with Saddle Ranch Chop House and I got my first Subway commercial and I said, I'm an artist. And I walked in there and I retired from serving. And then I ran out of money in a month. You know, so I, that was my pitfalls. I don't know the difference. Like, is this going to Well, you thought life? a Subway commercial made you an artist? Uh, <laughs> artist, definitely. <laughs> was Jared in the commercial? Uh, this was post Jared. I think I was Subway's answer. Yeah, to kind of, I was the first sponge and scrubbing themselves of the stench of Jared. But but you weren't you weren't. They didn't make you the face of Subway. Oh, certainly not. No, 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 no. no. Well, well, were you just like a customer that ate subs? No, get the hell out of your customer. I was the face of the new grilled chicken strips Subway sandwich they released at the New Year in 2017. Subway's grilled chicken strips. Man, these strips taste amazing. That's right. I still remember my lines. I can't decide if it's because I know you or not. But like, you know, you've been posting a lot of your commercials on Instagram. And when I watch them, there's like a part of me that like, like I'm like looking at Zach. I, I, I apologize for however this might sound like it's coming off, oh, which what a way to preface it. And I'm like, I'm like, I watch it and I'm like, is this guy doing like a fucking fake Spanish accent here? <laughs> Who is this fucking guy? But I know it's your real voice, but it just uh, it, there's a part of it that feels like this New Yorker coming in and being like, hey, what's, what's going on? I'm from Spain. <laughs> I speak. I learned Spanish, <laughs> but I love it. You're great in the commercials. You have so much charisma and pizzazz. Ah, thank you so much. Yeah, no. See, like you look at a commercial and you say, "Okay, this is about a sous vide that boils meat in a bag. How can I make it about me?" You know, well, I'm the steak and I'm boiling and I'm hot. I don't know. <laughs> you're doing the thing from the Scorsese, or you're injecting yourself into the subway. You're trying to give meaning to something that wasn't there to begin with. Right. Um, right. Which is have you seen? Have you seen? Take a moment to talk about something I did like that I watched. Have you seen Tootsie? Have you ever seen Tootsie? Tootsie. Yeah, I love Tootsie. Love Tootsie. I never saw Tootsie. So one of the things I've been trying to do during the quarantine is I've been trying to watch like some of the classic movies that I've always wanted to see but never have. Um, for whatever reason, Tootsie was one of them that had just slipped through the cracks. I don't know. Something about it just always looked like I wasn't going to like it. Um, but, you know, everyone said it was so good. I think it was always like when I turned it on to start it, that like super 80s Dow schmaltzy score was always throwing me a little bit. But I love it. I love it. I actually really appreciate it. But one of the things I thought was really great about Tootsie that I wasn't expecting was how much it's just about actors. Like, it's really like, like I've never seen a movie that just kind of captures the world of actors so well, you know? Yep. I, I like loved like, 
like you really feel like you're getting an inside look at just the way they are around each other. All their like insecurities come to like the surface. And he very much, Dustin Hoffman very much is the guy who like won't like sacrifice his integrity for anything and and it, it costs him. But maybe but maybe Dustin Hoffman's the argument counter to my I'll suck your dick for fifty points fifty dollars argument. I'll even do it for fifty points. Uh <laughs> fifty points of what? I don't know, but I will win, I will beat you, and I will use that fifty points. I will accrue points out. by sucking dick. Yes. Uh so um but uh but then and then I guess I guess he wins out in maintaining his integrity by pretending to be a woman and being on a bad sitcom. No, he does. He does. He sacrifices. Well, actually, no, he learns the lesson. I take it back. He learns the very lesson that I was already, that I've already learned, which is like, well, you could just not work and put any of yourself into anything. And then he dresses up as a woman and he finds the way to impart this message of feminism, which only a man could share uh, (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the movie. I mean, you you are. I love how the movie's like she's such a feminist icon the whole time. Then at the end, he's like, "And I was a man the whole time." And America's like, "I knew it." It it, like literally, you have to think about the fact that I'm sure studio executives think, look at Tootsie and go, "That is the exact amount of social commentary I want in my movie." Just a sliver. It's so beautifully done. It's a feminist point out of a man's mouth, and we can (laughs) beautifully said, Josh. I mean, yeah. like, I'm sure people call, call it problematic, but it's just such a great movie. And honestly, there is there. I don't know. It's funny because, like, I'm trying I'm trying to debate with myself. Like, is there a greater message about feminism in the film that, like, women are so repressed and like, like, oh, they would only listen to it from a man. But everyone thinks she's a woman. So the woman could could have imparted all this information but it wasn't until a man did it that anyone listened so what's the what's the actual message of the film feminist or anti-feminist tootsie Uh, mull it over america get back to me maybe Uh, it's a feminist quarantine podcast at (laughs) gmail.com <laughs> Send us your email your thoughts on uh, Tootsie's uh, a place on the feminist spectrum at quarantine at gmail.com. Fuck me. Is it mansplaining? Is, Is it mansplaining? mansplaining? Who well who I'm... wrote it really? And then you oh. can figure it out. If it's a man, yeah, it's mansplaining, of course. I also love how, you know, for for a long time America felt that there was nothing in the world funnier. Than a man as a woman, woman. because on AFI's list of the hundred funniest films of all time, the number one funniest movie, in their opinion, is Some Like It Hot, which is just Jack Lemon and Tony Curtis dressed up like women. That's literally like the only joke of the movie, and they're like funniest shit I've ever seen. And then number two on the list, Tootsie. (laughs) <laughs> they doubled down. They doubled down on it. This downfire like, got to be up there. I'm sure it's, it has to be one of the uh, greatest. It would have been. I, I think it is on the top 100 list, but it's not number three. But how funny would that have been if it, if it bang, came back? Silver, gold, and bronze. All <laughs> just, just cross-dressing stars. That's all you need. 
to be to be considered to be renowned for comedy, you have to be a man dressing up like a woman. Be renowned for drama, you have to play someone with mental disabilities. But don't go full retard. <laughs> I just lost. I just I just canceled myself from SNL. Canceled from SNL. You can't. But I'm just quoting. I'm quoting. I'm using the context. <laughs> it's not a song sung by somebody who has different abilities. It's, it's not like a, a, it's a quote. It's a quote from Tropic Thunder, which also had the blackface the character. The quote from Tropic Thunder isn't even somebody who is differently abled. So if it's a quote about a derogatory word that is used against the differently abled, you can't still use it. You don't even but get. Wasn't it, but wasn't it considered a derogatory term back then when that like blackface was wrong back then? And the term. I'm not arguing for blackface yes. or being able to use use that term. That, but uh, Robert Downey Jr. is an irrepressible rascal. He's a rapscallion. We'll let him get away with anything. We just go, Robert, come yeah, on. He also man. like he also like did terrible things while being a drug addict, and we've just pfft. listen, listen. What? I saw if Iron. If you're Iron Man, if you're Iron not. Man, do what you will. He had points on the first Iron Man movie on the back end for merchandise and nobody else did. In the second movie, one of the other cast members is like, you have points? He's like, yeah, you guys don't have points? Oh, let me, don't worry about that. And he just literally got <laughs> the back end. Iron Man does what he wants. <laughs> oh, Robert. Yeah, it's just, uh, I think I think context is important, but we live in a, we live in, you know, it's just like, it's funny because you look at a lot of the people who are out right now at like the mics, there are a lot of the people that you would have considered to be, I mean, very few, but some of them, I, you know, today, just today I saw some people signed up and I was disappointed in some of them. I was like, I thought you were better than this. I thought you were smarter than this. So, um, so yeah, I think people, you know, there's just like such, people are still trying to cancel people on, in, on Twitter right now as though the whole world hasn't just been canceled. I mean, it's like fragging me up. It's like, we're trying to take down Timothy Chalamet right now. <laughs> I think so. That's what it looks check. like. What on down? Well, we'll check that out. I think, I mean, people, um, somebody, I don't understand why you need to keep going to a mic. I mean, to hold on to this identity of yourself that you are a comedian because there's no one who has a job anymore. It's just you're one of two things. You're either a host or you're not a host. It's not like, oh, you're an architect. Great. Whatever. You can build a building. Doesn't matter. You're either a host or you're not a host. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. Um, I have this thought. I, I was. I said on the last podcast. I conveyed it in my Instagram story that we are entering. Like when this is all over, whatever whatever jokes you were working on, they're not relevant anymore. The world does not exist in the same way anymore. You know, mm -hmm. dating isn't hard. Dating doesn't exist. It doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Yes, the, new, the new dating is hard. Is dating doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that's the premise so dating doesn't exist or yeah. remember when dating existed that's the new premise that you open up with now yeah remember but, when dating existed wasn't didn't this suck <laughs> <laughs> wasn't this aspect of it difficult and we'll all be in virtual cafes you know yeah. that's exactly where the clubs will take place and there'll be you know some sort of like two bitcoin minimum or something What's going to be our level of PTSD post this? Like, like uh, I don't know if people like, like, like things are, hard. things are already getting tense. To refer to. Things are getting tense here. Like, Have we come up with a cool name to refer to it as? We can't call it the plague because that's already taken. Um, and I don't want to call it the culling because that's a little, ugh, you know, it's a little heavy. Um, what about when, when the day the world caught a cold? 
Something like that. But I, we need to be able to refer to our, when we talk to our children about this, refer to it as kind of a badassy it's time. Intense. It's scary. Have you seen, did you see that Instagram post from uh, that LA comic that um, has it? He like went through day by day of what he's been going through. Ugh, it's, it's awful. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I had no delusions that it was fun. And so that's why I'm just curious while people are still going up to a, uh, a talking stick and putting their mouth <laughs> this far away from it and uh, doing jokes. I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm like, I'm remorseful for how long, like, like the last time I did comedy was the day Tom Hanks got infected. Well, I remember the last time you did comedy because you texted me the morning of, and this is how, and I want your listeners to hear this. This is the text I got. What are you doing tonight, Mendez? Exclamation point, question mark. Showing a personal interest in me and what I was doing tonight. And that made me feel loved. And so I responded, nothing. Just hoping that we were going to find plans together. And he goes, want to come to my show? I need Whoa. a fourth. I need a fourth. And I said yes initially. And then as the day progressed, the news started coming in. I said, text you. I said, Josh, I can't make it tonight. It feels a little Corona-y. No, no, you didn't say that at first. At, at first, first I lied. At first, you lied. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, and then and once you said, it. once you said it felt a little corona y, I stopped bothering you about you it. You did. You did. I first came in with the soft thing of I have a taped audition, which I did because have. I already finished it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I said, it's a, so this was, this was, well, this that was, was like, crazy. that was the night, that was the night where it all began to sink in. That was the night the NBA was canceled. I was in it. Also, this was like, I, like, it was a thing for money. And I'm like, this is, this might be very well be the last money I make yeah. before, till this thing is over. So I needed, I needed that money. But once it was done, I haven't done a thing since. Good. And did you, did you, was it the, was it a cash prize? And did you came win? in second place to Matt Bell again? Hey, Twice now I've come in second to Matt Bell. That's formidable competition, though. And I, I yeah, you should listen, be proud. Listen, of yourself. listen. I think there was judge bias. <laughs> of course, I, you, of course you do think there were judge bias. Yeah. yeah but th this is the way I am. But, um, but I love Matt and uh, a great kid, and he was very funny. I think I was actually here's here's the here, here's my integrity. This is my integrity level. Just to this is how how much integrity I have. Um, I was yeah. outside making a phone call when Matt Bell was on stage, and I knew that if I had walked in back in in the middle of his set, because like you know, fourth wall cafe, you know how distracting it is when anyone walks in that door that it would have been a big distraction for him and the audience. So in order to not do anything to mess up his set, I waited outside until I saw that his set was over and then came in and it cost me first place. <laughs> Should have walked course, right in. Of course. I feel it's like God's sweet. always teaching me lessons. Like you haven't like you do the in in thing with integrity. And now I'm also going to steal away I'm going to I'm going to punish you for it. I'm going to punish you for it. But just to further make you continue to do the things with integrity to yourself, you have integrity and not because, you know, you think you'll gain anything metaphysically from it. Exactly. Um, and that's the same thing when I same thing when I was uh, same thing when I was doing my roast battle that I lost to Rick Cesario. Somebody had given me a really great joke. Someone had given me a great joke. 
that I was like in my head, like, should I use this joke? The person told me I could and offered it to me. And we went to overtime and I felt like that joke would have put me over and won it for me. But I decided, you know what? I'd rather lose on my own, on the back of my own writing than win on the back of somebody else's. And then I lost. Are we supposed to write our own jokes all the time? You don't have to. I just like to. I just like to have the integrity of being the person who writes my. I just want to win on my own. I think, on I my think own I've taken a joke that you've given me, and it's like the joke that works That's the best. That's fine so. because I still maintain the integrity of winning your roast battle. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's yeah. important. I'm above is that. Favorite. I know. I'm very much about me knowing. Like, yeah. I don't really I don't care as much about, you know, I'm not like like if I killed somebody and got away with it, mm -hmm. I'd be happy. Just I don't need to Robert Durst, like make a documentary. It's also talked about Durst in the last podcast. God damn like, it. Let, Seth. I, Listen, if I had to put the people that I know on, on some sort of ideological spectrum, you would be closest to solipsism. You would be closest to the world <laughs> exists in my mind and people only exist when I cast my gaze upon them. That's where I'd place you ideologically. No, oh, come on. That's, you're 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 closer to the center than Jeremy McKiernan, who is sociopathic, who's to the right of you. Okay, so don't worry about it. That's your, your place. Fine, fine. I'm I I I don't disagree with you that I'm solipsistic, but I'm I, I treat the figments of my imagination well. With respect, you do. <laughs> I respect them as though they were real entities. I treat them with the respect a real entity who was the actual center of the universe, if it wasn't me, would exactly. like to be treated. Exactly. You treat everybody how like you'd like to be treated, which is like the center of the universe. And since you know that everybody you see is just a creation of you, the center of the universe, you treat them as though they're the center of the universe. And in doing so, further your own notion that anything you are and or create is, in fact, the center of the universe. And you're pretty respectful along the way. Look yeah, you know, I, it's out. weird. I always think it's funny when I know like atheists who like also believe they're fated for things. Yeah, that's whew. determinism is kind of a religious thing. It does imply a guiding hand. Although good thing I've been watching the show Devs on Hulu slash FX. Yeah. Devs has this whole underlying determinism uh, element to it that I thought was very interesting. Um, what, what is it about? Because I'm looking for a show that me and my, my, my hunger homies can watch because it is bare bones out here where we can well, agree on. It's four, it's four episodes in. It's from the guy that made, um, it's Alex Garland, the guy that made Ex Machina and Annihilation. And he wrote 28 Days Later and Sunshine. So he's like, he's like the best science fiction film writer of our time. Okay. Uh, and it's a show about like, the goings on of this crazy tech firm that's like doing this like super sci-fi shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now yeah, it's really good. You'll like it. You'll like it a lot. I promise. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's funny. Uh, a, there was a comedian that was driving me somewhere, young guy, a uh, very good comic. Um, and, uh, we were driving like 40 minutes away and he was like speeding swerving through traffic uh like looking at me when he talked to me in the back seat i was terrified and i remember thinking to myself he's driving like god has a plan for him <laughs> <laughs> wait were you in the back seat was this an uber 
No, no, no. There, I was. There were multiple people in the multiple. car. Were, like he was putting five people's lives at risk with the way he was driving. But he was also like, "Don't worry, everyone. There's a future for me. God has decided it. Nothing I can do to prevent us from reaching this future." Yeah, Jesus has taken the wheel. Exactly. What are you eating for lunch? I don't know. I was just thinking about that. Uh, I ate some oatmeal this morning. I've been eating oatmeal every morning. Um, I wish I had some greens. I'm just upset that I don't have greens right now. You don't have greens? I don't have many greens. greens in me. I'm absolutely fucking starving right now. I I need some greens. Or I at least need to get some fiber supplement. Every time my food supply go down, it's kind of terrifying. I know. It it is. But I've got so much rigatoni. It's like I got rigatoni for days. days. Rigatoni for weeks. I have rigatoni pasta. Which is like bean linguine. It's like, I've got another DiGiorno. I've got a couple more um, microwavable tostadas left. Uh, I've got some shrimp dumplings, some chicken breast in my fridge, a couple more boxes of mac and cheese, um, a bunch of rigatoni, uh, apple crisps, um, a couple oranges, some apples, uh, soups, instant mashed potatoes. Um, I think that should be the beginning of every time of Quarantine's podcast is just listing the things you have to eat. Last night I oh, ate macaroni and cheese and like uh, cheese. And last night I ate macaroni and cheese and like a sugar glazed chicken. Sugar? <laughs> sugar I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it was like well, it was like a bunch of spices, but I think the primary one was sugar. Okay. Okay. Sugar chicken. But but like it yeah. wasn't like it wasn't like a ton of sugar. I don't know. My roommate looked up a thing and we put. We looked up a thing. Okay. She looked up a thing and then we had a lovely time. It's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, all right, buddy. Josh. This was an excellent episode of Quarantine. And by the Josh, end, I think, it, I think it equaled, if not surpassed, the Seth Lawrence episode. Listen, I don't need to be placed anywhere, Josh. I am truly touched for getting to be on your podcast. And thank you for mentoring my. Anything, anything you want to promote? Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to have an absolutely absurd time during your hunger come check out hunker down on my instagram page zach man zach that zach oh, can i do that again i'm gonna do one more take okay yeah i'm not editing i'm not editing it but you can do it how now brown cow <laughs> okay guys if you like what you saw today come check out hunker down on my instagram page zach.mendez thanks josh Thank you, Zach. And uh, like, subscribe. I think you can do that stuff now. Give me a good review. Email me at quarantime at gmail.com if you have any questions, want us to talk about anything. And I will see you next time. You're adorable.